The gospel lesson for this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, the 11th chapter, the first 13 verses. So listen now for the word of God. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And Jesus said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive everyone indebted to us and do not bring us into the time of trial. Then Jesus said to him, suppose you had a friend and you go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread for a friend of mine has arrived and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, do not bother me. The door has already been locked and my children are in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he did not get up and give anything the first time, because he is his friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened for you. For anyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds, and for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you, if your child asks for a fish, will give a snake instead of a fish? Or if the child asks for an egg, would give a scorpion? If you then who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Come, Holy Spirit, heavenly dove, with all thy quickening power. Come shed abroad a Savior's love that it may kindle ours. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. A number of years ago, my family had gathered for Thanksgiving. Grandparents, aunts and uncles, all the cousins... And because we don't get to see each other all that often, we were celebrating late birthdays and early Christmas kind of all packed together over the weekend. And my mom, Aunt Jane, had bought my cousin Sarah, all of seven years old, a dancing hamster toy that when you pushed the button, it danced and sang, girls just want to have fun in this obnoxious high-pitched hamster voice. And after about the third time you hear this song, you know that this is the kind of gift that aunts and uncles give to their nieces and nephews to annoy their siblings, because my mom got to go home at the end of the day, and my uncle and aunt were left with this toy in their house, but my cousin Sarah loved this thing. And that evening when we gathered at the Thanksgiving dinner table, my uncle looked to sweet Sarah the youngest person at the table, to say Thanksgiving grace for the whole family. 
And so we grabbed hands and bowed our heads, and Sarah began, Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for the food. Thank you for my family. And then there was a pause. And I watched her look up and look to her dad and look to her mom and put her head back down. And thank you, God, for my dancing hamster. Amen. It is family lore now as we tell that story. And as funny as it was, it's a reminder that we learn to pray for everything and and everyone, even dancing hamsters, by watching others teach us to pray. Sarah boldly prayed because she had heard her parents pray. And she had learned that nothing was off limits to God, that she could voice needs and hopes and fears and gratitude because she had been taught. She had learned by example. We learn how to return thanks to God for the gifts we've been given, how to ask for help, how to say I'm sorry, because someone in your life and in my life modeled prayer for us at some point. So whether it was your pastors or your parents or your Sunday school teachers or your siblings, I imagine that most of you learned to pray by watching someone else pray. And that's what the disciples were doing in this morning's gospel lesson, learning how to pray by watching Jesus pray. They had been following Jesus all over Galilee at this point, watching him preach and teach and heal. And if you read the chapter just prior to today's scripture, Jesus had just sent the disciples out two by two into the neighboring towns to serve and preach themselves. And they had discovered that it was holy work and it was really hard work. But they also had noticed along the way that Jesus would often stop and go to some deserted place and pray. And so this time when Jesus came back from one of his prayer pit stops along the way, they said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. In fact, they doubled down. They said, teach us to pray as John the Baptist taught his disciples to pray, as if to say, Your cousin already taught his disciples, you teach us. And in those days, it was a regular custom for a rabbi to teach his disciples a simple prayer that they could habitually use. So Jesus, acting as a good rabbi and teacher, taught them his prayer. When you pray, say, Our Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive every, as we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. And do not bring us into the time of trial. Amen. It's a simple prayer, really, but it packs a punch. In just a few short lines, Jesus manages to cover past, present, and future, righteousness, providence, sin, grace, eschatology, you name it, you can find it in there. Jesus' prayer has enough depth that, as Pastor Amanda said, we are going to spend the next seven weeks exploring the Lord's Prayer together. We're going to walk around in the prayer to help bring it to life, this prayer that many of us have been praying for so many years. 
But before we dive into the weeds of the prayer itself, it helps to begin by zooming out and considering what it is that Jesus is offering us when he says, teach us, when he teaches us to pray. Yes, it's designed as a prayer that's easy to memorize, something that you can come back to again and again. But it's not just about having a prayer in your back pocket or giving your pastor an easy way to end the prayers of the people on Sunday. What Jesus is offering by teaching us this prayer is an invitation into a relationship with God. Teresa of Avila says that prayer is nothing more than being on terms of friendship with God. Prayer is nothing more than being on terms of friendship with God. And Jesus had been nurturing this friendship with God for years. As the disciples could tell, they noticed that when Jesus went off to a deserted place to pray, he came back energized. They noticed that when his heart was heavy, or when he had preached a particularly prophetic and hard word, that a time of prayer following seemed to sustain him for the journey. And they wanted some of that sustenance. Give us our daily bread, they said. So when Jesus, they asked Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray, what Jesus responded with was not just words, but a call to a kind of ongoing relationship with God. To pray the Lord's Prayer is to seek a connection with God, and a friendship is a two-way street. So we trust that God hears our prayers and our needs, but also that by praying, God will empower us in some way to live out our faith. To pray thy kingdom come, for example, both means that we're open to God's unfolding work and that God might just require something of us. To pray, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, names the beauty of God's grace, but it also demands of us the work of forgiveness and reconciliation. To pray, do not bring us into the time of trial, means that we submit to God's sovereignty but also that we are about the work of bringing the kingdom forth. This prayer balances what we ask of God with what God expects of us. The words of the prayer themselves have a kind of give and take, a meaningful friendship in which both partners have a role. Now let me be clear, this is not to say that we are equals with God, but instead that our commitment to prayer matters. And cultivating a relationship with God takes time and effort just like building a friendship does. Right after teaching the words to the Lord's Prayer, Jesus describes this neighbor's shameless persistence asking for a loaf of bread, as if to say it takes that kind of commitment. The charge, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened, is Jesus' way of saying it's not just about the words, it's about the practice, the ongoing commitment to conversation with God. I will admit that there's a part of this scripture reading that has always frustrated me. This particular instruction of Jesus to ask and seek and knock, because sometimes we feel like we've done the work. 
we've asked, we've asked God fervently in prayer, and it feels like God didn't answer. And we find ourselves asking, how can Jesus say that anything you ask will be given to you when that's just not our lived experience? But every once in a while, the original language tells a deeper story, and here, the Greek actually paints a different picture, a story of ongoing relationship. Because what Jesus actually said is that the words are not a one-and-done deal. Jesus' word is actually a verb for repetitive action. He's saying, ask and keep asking. Seek and keep seeking. Knock and keep knocking. God, Jesus says, is not a genie that grants wishes anytime you ask. But God desires an ongoing relationship with you. God's the ever-present one that you can lean into in the ups and downs, the steadfast one who will be with us and for us even if the answer to our prayer is different than the one we would have liked. And if the relationship is true, then you can expect that God will also ask something of you, seek after you, knock on your door. Jesus is teaching us a prayer that calls us into deeper relationship. You know, a few months ago, I was having coffee with a fellow pastor in this presbytery, doing that thing pastors do, building friendships with each other. And he shared that he grew up in this very neighborhood and, in fact, went to preschool in this very building. And when he was young, his mom was diagnosed with cancer, and even though his family did not belong to this church, his mom's name was added to the prayer list. And it turns out that a group of neighborhood women, including some Morningside members, prayed weekly for his mom. And they brought meals unexpectedly at particularly rough times. He was just a boy when all of this happened. But he remembers to this day the way those prayers came to life and supported his family. So even though the outcome of their prayer for his mom was not exactly what they had asked for, that ongoing act of prayer taught him something about the enveloping love of God. Their persistent prayers, some of your persistent prayers, helped shape his relationship with God such that years later, when he felt God's call to ministry in his own life, he answered joyfully, yes. To ask and keep on asking helped foster this now pastor's friendship with God. Prayer can have that effect. We often begin not knowing what kind of impact our prayers are going to have. But our incredible deacons at this church maintain a prayer list for our community out of the conviction that prayer can draw us into deeper relationship with God and one another. And as with any friendship, there will be seasons when you might need to be on that prayer list. When a diagnosis or a loss or a job change or a new birth or mental health struggles or just plain everyday struggles mean you need the support and care of this community and that friendship with God. 
But there are also seasons in which your job as a member of this church is to pray, to check the names on the prayer list, to check on each other, to respond with some tangible sign of care, whether it's a simple text thinking of you or sending pints of ice cream after chemo when nothing else tasted good. The give and take of the relationship that Jesus is describing when he teaches this prayer That's what holy friendship with God looks like. So as we step into this sermon series on the the Lord's Prayer, your deacons and Emma and Amanda and I are exploring ways to make our prayer list more visible and accessible for you so that we can pray for one another. But you have a job in that too. Your job is to take this life of prayer seriously to commit to growing in friendship with God and with each other by praying with intention. For many of the kids that we saw up here this morning, they either went back to school this week or they're headed back to school tomorrow, which means that the season of homework has returned. I know all the parents are thrilled. But I have some homework for us today. I want to challenge everyone here to do three things in the coming weeks as we explore the Lord's Prayer together. The first is to ask. Ask how you can pray for each other. Maybe you ask the person you're sitting next to. Better yet, ask someone you don't even know in this community, how can I pray for you? Or take a look at the church prayer list in the e-news and take time to pray for those people. If you don't know them, look them up in Realm. And if they don't have their picture, encourage them to get their picture taken in the Welcome Center. Send them a text when you pray so that our prayers can take on arms and legs and a heartbeat and life in this community. So assignment one is to ask. Assignment two is to seek. And by that I mean Learn the Lord's Prayer. If you have kids, this is a perfect time to teach them. Amanda shared that we're going to take one petition at a time in Sunday school and worship for the next seven weeks. So learn it one line at a time. If you have been praying this prayer for years and you say, I'm done with that homework, then my challenge is to, to you is not to skip this step, but to try praying this prayer with fresh intention. Take each line each week and ponder it. Talk about it over dinner. What does that prayer mean, that line mean to you? It's a way of growing in our relationship with God and one another. So ask and seek, and your final assignment is to knock. Knock and keep on knocking, which means to commit to pray daily. Friendships take effort, so does prayer. If you're not sure where to start, maybe start by praying the Lord's Prayer each day. Or stop to say grace at dinner, even if it's just a thanks be to God cheers at the table. If it's a stressful week, go to a deserted place or a quiet room in your house like Jesus did and recharge. And then see, notice what happens, what changes in your spirit and your life by taking up this practice yourself. That's your homework. Ask, seek, and knock. All of my favorite classes uh, or teachers that would assign homework would always leave a few minutes at the end of the class to get a head start. So you get a head start on your homework today. 
As we dive into this series together and pray this prayer together with intention, I'd like to start by all of us praying the prayer that Jesus taught. Will you pray with me? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. <laughs> 